What is up? Welcome to the Vitamin Apollo podcast. Um, I'm super psyched about all of this, and I hope you are too. I really want this just to be kind of like, I don't know, you know how people on YouTube do that thing where they like make videos so they can look back at them later and remember their trips and stuff? That's what I want this to basically be, um, kind of just like a living diary and also to keep my friends and family and stuff back home updated. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Apollo. I go by he, they pronouns. I am currently in the south of France, finishing up my undergrad degree. I'm in my junior year, I think. Actually, am I? I think I'm in my junior... I don't know, whatever. I'm unconventional in that, in that regard. So I'm studying religious studies and psychology and have been vibing out here for like a year, I think. And this is my favorite time of year um, in terms of holidays, whether I actually prefer summer because I'm from Los Angeles, so I fucking hate cold weather. But Halloween is my favorite holiday. And Halloween literally just passed. It just happened. So I felt like I had every right to go through some of my favorite Halloween and fall themed media. And if that's not something you're interested, sucks to suck. Here we go. My favorite movie that, like, from this season, probably not of all time, but definitely up in my top 10 of all time, is Nightmare Before Christmas. If y'all haven't watched Nightmare Before Christmas, you are missing out. It is so funny and just so endearing. And it's really nice, too, because it's almost like a kid's movie that has been made so that it can be enjoyed by adults, for example, if you haven't watched it. The basic plot of Nightmare Before Christmas is there's this guy, Jack Skellington, and he's the mayor of Halloween Town. And uh, also, if you hear noise in the background, just ignore it. There's a bunch of construction going on by my apartment, and it's unavoidable. But Jack Skellington is the mayor of Halloween Town, and basically he's, like, sick of being in charge of Halloween or, like, doing the same thing every single year, which, you know, relatable content And so he stumbles upon these trees in the forest and each of them leads to a different land of a different holiday. So there's like, you know, the Easter tree and the Christmas tree. And um, I think there's like a maybe a Valentine's Day one or something. And then obviously there's the Halloween one because that's where they are. And so he doesn't know what these are. And so he goes in to one of them, which ends up being the Christmas town tree and figures out that there's a whole other holiday and is like fuck this I'm not gonna just keep doing Halloween I'm gonna do a different holiday and tries to take over Christmas that's the basic plot of it and when you say it like that it does sound kind of like a kid I mean it definitely sounds like a kid movie it doesn't even kind of it literally sounds like it's on par with Finding Nemo or some shit but it is so good the soundtrack which I'm sure you've heard like this is Halloween okay That song is insane. So good. Um, And it's also one of my favorites because since it features Halloween and Christmas, you can kind of watch them during both. And also the subplot is there's this, like, there's this subplot about this girl named Sally who's basically, like, Frankenstein, kind of, but in this world her name is Sally and she's a girl. And she's, like, in love with Jack Skellington. And there's this whole subplot of her 
trying to figure out how to be her own person outside of the person that created her and trying to find her independence and like fighting to be able to live whatever life she wants to live. Which honestly, I feel like is such an underrated part of that movie because they really do talk in depth through that plot line about like personal independence and specifically like women's independence from men and from their fathers in a societal, um, like in this society. Why am I, I don't know why I'm stumbling so much, whatever, in this society. And as far as I can recall, they even have like conversations about it and about how like she needs independence and to be like a grown woman and stuff. It's super good. Super, super good. Um, so that's my favorite like Halloween movie. Um, another classic that my friends were watching the other day is Halloween Town, which by the way, Halloween Town is so bad, but it's so good. It's so bad. It reverts to being good. And we'll have a whole nother section on movies like that, because if y'all know me, you know that I fucking love adventure movies and specifically like kind of crappy adventure movies um, because they're just so fun and comforting. But I digress. Basically, Halloween Town is another one that's really good. And it's just about these like these these kids that figure out they're from a family of witches and that there's this whole other world called Halloween Town. So so Nightmare Before Christmas made a trees. These bitches made it a whole different world. This is like you walk through a portal and shit. It's like sky high kind of vibes. You know what I'm saying? Except instead of being in the sky, it's like a whole different fucking planet. And it's super good. And it basically just like follows them like figuring out their witches. And then like there's a curse or something. I haven't seen it in a while. I did not watch it this year. But they're basically just trying to save their city and it's like an entire movie about the importance of like integration and um accepting cultures outside your own which honestly as i'm saying that i'm giving it i'm giving it way too much credit it's not that deep of a movie to be honest but it's still definitely a classic um for the time of year but what made me think of doing this as a podcast option is the show The Good Witch. All right, y'all, let's get into this. The Good Witch um, became... I found it during COVID quarantine, I think. I was looking for, like, something to brighten my moods um, because, obviously, like, the mood in quarantine was not great. And I found this show on Netflix called The Good Witch. And I was like, I wonder what this is. And y'all, I've been hooked for three years... Or two years... I've been hooked to it for so long. It's so good. Basically, The Good Witch follows the story of this town called Middleton. And it's this little town um, two hours outside of Chicago. I'm not 100% sure, like, where it's supposed to be or, like, if there's a town it's supposed to be based off of. But I do know it's two hours outside of Chicago. And it's this tiny little town in America. And they basically try to make it almost like an updated version of Salem where there's this family called um, the Merrywicks. And they were basically, they're this family that goes back to essentially the founding of the city, like the founding of Middleton, which is actually not uncommon in small cities in America. I feel like there's always some family that's been there for like for fucking ever, but the Merrywicks are special because they're a family of witches. And, 
So that like adds a whole wrinkle into this very kind of stereotypical um, show about, you know, just like the small town America kind of vibe. Um, So they're all witches. And basically it follows them in current times through the perspective of the protagonist whose name is Cassie, Cassie Nightingale. And she's got a cool story. She's this woman who's like super into homeopathic remedies and she owns this little shop on the main street in town. And she's a witch. She's really intuitive. But she's also the mother to uh, a teenage daughter when the show first begins and her husband has passed. Um, I don't know if they really go into detail because like I said, I've been watching it over the years. So I've been watching it like as new seasons come out. So I haven't watched the beginning in a while, but I don't know if they explain how he died, but he is dead. You know that for sure. And that he definitely died like, you know, fairly recently, like recent enough that they still don't really talk about it, Um, which for every family is different, obviously. But I'm guessing within the last like five-ish, ten-ish years. Um, So you start off with that. And she owns this bed and breakfast called Grey House, which is... Basically, the Mary Wicks have owned this house for, like, generations, and she turned it into a bed and breakfast and renovated it. This new guy comes to town, Sam Radford, and he's this doctor, okay? This, like, quitty-twitty surgeon from New York City. And he moves in with his teenage son, and he's, like, totally pro-modern medicine, like, has no room for holistic beliefs, like, doesn't believe in homeopathic remedies, and he and Cassie from the get-go are completely at odds with each other. And by that, I mean, he does not like her presence in the town and she could give less. She couldn't give two shits about him. You know what I'm saying? So he's like totally tied up in two knots. She's basically chilling. The only time they really come head to head is when he decides that he's going to start like basically antagonizing her about her ways of doing it and like saying that she's the reason that like no one is going to the doctor anymore and that she's like hurting these people in her town by making them not go to the doctor even though obviously she's not making anyone do anything she just they don't want to go to the doctor they want to go to her so right from the get-go there's this very kind of like antagonistic relationship that's very one-sided it's very much him like hating on her and her not really giving a fuck which is honestly just vibes. Like, I've never, ever related to something more than in that moment of someone, you know, bitching off in the corner and you're just sitting there like, so are we done? Like, can I move on from this space? Um, But yeah, so instantly you're kind of, you're endeared to both of them, but you're definitely endeared to Cassie more. She's kind of painted as the person that's in the right. Um, But because it is, I think it's, it's on, I know it's on Netflix in the U.S. I don't know who originally made the show. I think Hallmark did, though. And it gives very much Hallmarky kind of vibes, um, even if they didn't make it. It's very cliche. It's very much, like, predictable, and you know where it go, where it's going and where the plot is going. Um, but you can tell that, like, they've tried to make it more interesting. So the plot is such that you know that everything is going to turn out okay. Like, everyone is going to be fine. Nothing is really bad is going to happen. But they throw in these, like, little things. And since they're witches, they instantly set themselves to be able to set up all of these interesting plot points and twists that you wouldn't otherwise expect. So there's, like, multiple curses that happen. 
there's a couple instances of people like stealing from Cassie and her like being chill about it. So for instance, they have this giant, um, I believe, I can't remember if it's the emerald or the ruby that gets stolen, but they basically have this giant precious stone that they put on display at this event that this, that the town has and someone dead ass takes it. And Cassie knows who it is because one of Cassie's things is that she can like sense the future, basically kind of sense where things are going to go. Her intuitive, uh, her intuition is really, really strong and her intuitive connection is really strong. But so she can't like, it's not like a crystal ball kind of thing. It's more that she can sense like either how things are going to turn out or things that are just about to happen. So if someone is about to walk in the room, she'll know who's going to walk in the room. But if you're asking her five years down the line, how is this relationship going to go? She'll have a foggier idea, but she'll be able to say like good or bad kind of is her whole shtick. Um, And someone steals from her and she knows who it is because of this intuitive thing. And she doesn't care. She doesn't do anything about it. She knows who it is and just lets them return it on their own sweet ass time. And then like forgives them, which is so funny because I feel like, I mean, okay, obviously the message, I'm kidding. There's too many thoughts I have about this. Obviously the message is like, be forgiving. People can make mistakes. Like people fuck up. It's okay. Like, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. But also like, I get, I get that. I'm a hundred percent behind that. People do, you know, people are just people. Human beings are just human beings. Like you can't expect them to do, to do everything that they're supposed to be doing. You can't expect them to abide by the same moral code as you do. People definitely deserve second chances. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that if that was me and someone stole like a multi-thousand dollar diamond or whatever, precious stone from me, I would not be so forgiving. And that occurs a couple times where people steal from her and nothing really happens. That is the very hallmarky part of the channel, which is like no one's going to get, you know, arrested or whatever. The non-hallmarky point, or the non-hallmarky part of the show is the actual plot twists. So they do a lot of stuff with curses, as I've said, which is just honestly kind of hilarious to me, but they do a lot of stuff with curses. And they also um, do a lot of curses about love. So there's this like, basically all of season six, I feel like, because now there's, I think, seven seasons. I'm currently finishing up season seven. And all of season six was basically just like them trying to break this curse so that two of the other protagonists could have a life together. But the curse was because the like one of their ancestor, her ancestor, a Mary Wick, had been left at the altar. No, 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 no. Her, no, her ancestor, a Mary Wick, had left his ancestor at the altar. So she's a Mary Wick. He's a Davenport. And apparently, like, three generations ago or some bullshit, the, there was a Mary Wick and a Davenport that fell in love, and the Mary Wick left the Davenport at the altar to go and marry a different guy. And the Davenport was so upset that he basically, like, cast a curse and was like, um, no future relationship between a Davenport and a Mary Wick can ever work out because mine didn't. Which, first of all, super bitchy. Like, what in the passive aggression? Like, that to me is just so insane to, like, say that... I mean, because I... Wouldn't you want the opposite? Like, if you got left at the altar by someone, wouldn't you want to curse them so that their family, like, you know, 
could only ever fall in love with people from your family or something or like somehow punish them in love. But instead, it's like him assuming that the family is going to fall in love again or like two of the members of the families are going to fall in love again and that it's going to create an issue again, which might be because he has Cassie's intuition. But honestly, y'all, I just feel like it's kind of stupid. Like, even when they introduced it, I was like, this is kind of a dumb curse. I don't know. It just feels like if what you want to do is hurt someone, why would you hurt them on a hypothetical? Like, you don't know that's going to happen. You know every single generation is going to fall in love with someone, statistically. Like, that's just most likely what's going to happen. But you don't know the statistics of whether or not they're going to fall in love with someone from your family or even if your families are going to live in the same place. Like you're assuming they're both still going to live in Middleton or Blairsville, which is the, you know, the neighboring town that the Davenports are from. You're assuming that they're going to stay in one of those two cities or both of those two cities. What if they move to fucking L.A.? They're never going to have an issue because they're never going to fucking see each other again, though. Maybe he has Cassie's intuition. I still... And maybe he knows that it's going to happen. I still think it's fucking dumb. I do. Or at the very least, if you're going to make it that way, like, make it more obvious that he knew that ahead of time. Um, That's just my opinion. But I do appreciate that the curse kind of vibe does break through the Hallmarky vibe a little bit. I love Hallmark movies, but one of my issues with them is that as more and more come out every year, it seems that, like, TV station... No, what am I saying? TV stations. What is this, 1960? No. Streaming apps and stuff, like Netflix, Hulu, Hallmark. All of these people who are coming out every single year with new movies that are themed like this, that are literally themed like holidays, very, very little... uh, issue within the, you know, like there's not really any bigger problems, anything that needs major solving. Um, and it's always love story focused. They're coming out every single year. And I feel like we've just given up on making them different from each other. Like they're all the fucking same. The only variety we're now getting is like race and sexual orientation and gender identity, just because now people are trying to pick up the minorities. But like, that doesn't negate the fact whether it's you know, two lesbians falling in love or a man and a woman falling in love, it doesn't matter. It's still a love story. And they're still essentially the same. Because again, humans are essentially humans. We're all essentially the same with our emotional states and things like that. Obviously giving a little bit of leeway for like mental illness or disability or whatever, but essentially two people fall in love, it's going to end up kind of the same. And so at least in these movies, it seems like that. And so having these movies that are just like over and over and over again, the exact same thing is super boring. And so I do appreciate with The Good Witch that they're still like kind of integrating that classic theme. They're still being pretty true to the book, but not like the literal, I don't know if there's an actual book, but like the saying true to the book, I digress. But they're adding in the, like, witchy element, the curse kind of element um, that makes it just a little bit more intriguing, a little bit more entertaining, a little bit different from their competitors, um, which I really appreciate. I also really appreciate because it gives me a fall show that I can watch around this time that still scratches my itch for, like, Halloween stuff. 
I've realized I don't I don't like horror movies, which I've always known, but I've realized the older I get, the more I don't really like watching the kids' movies I used to watch when I was little for Halloween. So like Twitches, for instance, or Halloween Town even. These are movies that when I was little I really, really loved to watch every single year, but that I don't really find any interest in anymore just because now I'm an adult and I find all of the kind of bad CGI and the poor plot and stuff kind of boring. And also they're all about like teenagers, which just feels not as fun to watch when you are not a teenager because it's just not like relatable anymore. In Halloween Town, the third installment of the movie franchise is Halloween Town High, I think it's called. And in Halloween Town High, as the title suggests, they take kids from Halloween... Halloween Town and put them into like Marnie, the protagonist, Marnie's like high school. Just plop them down right in America, just into a high school. And you might think I sound upset. Um, I don't. I'd be, I'm not upset. I just have a really stuffy nose because of the aller- my allergies and stuff, but I am just kind of, I don't know, unattached, I guess. It just seems irrelevant to me at 22 to watch something about 16-year-olds. Like, it just doesn't feel relatable like it did when I was 16, you know? Because when I was 16, I was watching the show, and I was like, oh, damn, like, this is actually kind of my, like, you know, based on my experience as a high school student. Like, I'm watching Marnie's high school, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this makes sense. This is why they're doing that. This is why they have this you know, gym or whatever. This is why they're going to this class. But when you're 22, it's just like, it's just not as interesting, I feel like. The Good Witch is nice because it does start while the kids are teens, but eventually, like, now in season seven, they're both in college and, like, everyone is kind of growing up. And so I feel like I've grown up with the show, kind of, because I found it when I was, like, 19. And, um have been watching it ever since. So I was only like a couple of years off when I started it from the age of the teens in the show. And then because I binged the first few seasons, because it had already been out for a few years at that point, so I like binged the first four seasons. By the time I stopped watching in preparation for like the next year with the new season coming out, I was already the age of the kids. Does that make sense? So I started like 19. They were like 15, 16 at the start. I watched four seasons. By the time they ended, they were like 19, 20. Right now they're like 21, 22. Um, they're in, I think they're like sophomore, junior year of college. So yeah, that's my, I mean, you know, so now I love The Good Witch and I just, I was watching it. I've been watching it the entire break. I'm on break right now from school. I've been watching it the whole time. And I just felt like I had to talk about it on the podcast because honestly, y'all, as I said in the beginning, I really want this podcast to just be like basically a virtual diary Um, I find that I process things through talking them out and I find that people like when I talk. So it seemed like a good idea to start something where the only job I had was just to record myself talking. Um, they'll all probably be around like this length, like 20 to 30 minutes. I'm not trying to take up all your day. Um, and I figured it'll just be kind of whatever I'm thinking about. This week it was The Good Witch, fucking obsessed with that show. Um, next week it'll probably be something else. I'm going to Barcelona tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And I'm going to be there for like four days. So I'm sure I'll come back with some stories about that or some travel stories or something that I can share. I do have quite um, 
quite a few funny travel stories. So I'll make that like a little episode or like a little series. But um, yeah, if you've made it this far, 20, what, almost 24 minutes in, 24 now. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for supporting this little endeavor. I'm really excited about it. Um, I've wanted to start a podcast for a really long time and just kept feeling like the podcasts that I was starting were just like, or like the ideas that I was going in with were just not the ideas I wanted them to be long-term. Do you know what I mean? Like they were too, they were too time specific. I feel like this is just very much, I can keep doing this for as long as I want and it covers whatever I want. Um, it really is just basically a vlog, but like an audio version. Um, yeah, but I'm just, I'm really grateful. I'm really excited. I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm also excited because obviously I'm on testosterone right now. I think I'm like four months in or something and four or five months in and my voice will keep changing. So I also think it'll be fun to have this kind of like digital record of audio from my voice changing and like me actually speaking for long periods of time. So you can really, really tell um, that my voice is changing. So yeah, I don't know when you're listening to this, but whenever you are, I hope you have a great rest of your time of being awake uh, for however long that is, whether it's 30 minutes or three hours, I hope you have a great time being alive. I hope you have a great time being present. Um, if you have sunlight around you, make sure to go see the sun at least once today. Breathe some fresh air. Um, if that's not possible because it's November and it's winter, then uh, wrap yourself in your favorite blanket and get comfy. Just do something today that makes you feel comforted in this world feel like the world could be quite scary. I'm feeling very scared and nervous for my trip tomorrow just because it's my first solo travel and I'm taking a train and I've never taken the train that far before. I'm only taking the train like once in general. Um, so I'm definitely nervous, but do you hear that? Do you hear what I have to deal with? Why is there a plane? Go away. Go away. Okay. See it. Listen to me. God, incredible. Um, but yeah, just do something today that helps you feel comfort. I know living can be scary and um, just make sure that even though it's good that you're pushing yourself, like make sure that you're also taking care of yourself. It's good to get out of your comfort zone. It's also good to, you know, find solace in your comfort zone every once in a while. Uh, you can do something scary while doing something normal. I'm recording this podcast, which is very scary, but I'm recording it in my PJs just like because I was sitting at my desk. And I was like, oh, might as well, you know? So I'm doing something that's nerve wracking, but in a way that is very, very sustainable and very safe for my nervous system um, and will not send me into any kind of spiral. So take care of yourself. I love you. And I hope you have the best time ever. See you next week.